Blog Talk Radio. holiday season and Santa Claus is coming round the Christmas snow is white on the ground and when old Santa gets into town he'll be coming down the chimney down it's the holiday season and Santa Claus has got a toy for every good A great big bundle of joy He'll be coming down the chimney down He's got a big fat pack On his back And lots of goodies For you and for me So give a peppermint set For old Saint Nick Hanging on the Christmas tree It's the holiday season With a whoop-dee-doo Hickory Dock And don't forget to hang up your stock Cause just exactly at 12 o'clock He'll be coming down the chimney Coming down the chimney Coming down the chimney next 60 minutes or so we're going to do our level best to entertain you with some of the best players composers and artists on the planet as always we invite your calls at 515-602-9600 that's 515-602-9600 or you can uh, drop into our chat room and make some friends there if you'd like hey here's a fun fact did you know that researchers at oxford university recently found a correlation between high iq and those that dig jazz and that the more that people listen to jazz, the smarter they became. Very good news for a guy like me. On top of that, the overwhelming majority of jazz lovers floss daily. They recycle regularly, and they have their very own 
Netflix subscriptions. Well, let's punch up my Jazz Bill co-host and segment producer Greg Rockingham, who has been keeping the beat since he was five years old. He's an alumnus of the prestigious Interlochen Arts Academy and Northeastern University. He's worked with the likes of Nancy Wilson, Freddie Cole, Kenny Burrell, Steely Dan, Glenn Miller, and many more. Presently, he plays with the Soul Message Band, uh, and in my humble opinion, they are the hottest B3 combo east of the Mississippi, can be heard here weekly at Chicago's historic Green Mill and elsewhere. Welcome in, G-Rock. How are you, pal? I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Well, I'm feeling a little uh, festive today. I tell you, that too got my toe tapping. I don't know about you, but... uh, you know, I'm kind of uh, of two minds on Johnny Mathis. He seems at times a little corny to me with uh, some of his stuff, but by God, that one that one tickled tickled me. I'll tell you, uh, swing yeah, it, you I, know, I, really I, swinging. That's I, the bassy band behind him, which uh, helps, don't you think? I think so. You know, I never heard that before, and uh, I had to uh, uh, change my opinion a little bit. Uh, with that one, that was good. And <laughs> with the Basie band, I think with the Basie yeah. band, if you if you got in front of the band and saying it, it would be good. <laughs> now let's not get carried away. <laughs> you haven't heard me sing. <laughs> now I'll tell you, it makes a big difference. I was telling somebody recently. Uh, you know, Sinatra always had the best bands, best backup bands, whatever you want to call them. And uh, everybody else kind of clamoring for, you know, the other big bands. And there was some damn good ones uh, out there, too. But uh, it seemed like Sinatra always had the uh, best bands, best players. And, uh, you know, there were there were other guys, uh, Mel Torme and uh, Nat King. Well, I mean, a bunch of other, bunch of other bands played behind, uh, you know, those uh, front men. But uh, I, I, I always think, uh, you know, I'm not even sure who the best is, but – a case could be made easily for for the Basie band when you hear something like that, and we're going to hear uh, actually a few from uh, from from that particular record. But that one I thought was uh, particularly cool. Um, I as we're as we're settling into the the format of today's show, in keeping with the holiday, folks, we're gonna we're gonna spin some of the the best and swingingest Christmas songs that uh, we have found to date. And uh, we do that for your amusement and hope that uh, hope that you find some value in it. Um, and we're going to tell you a little bit about some of the uh, most popular uh, Christmas songs. Uh, Greg, you, you probably uh, didn't know some of this. I sure, certainly didn't, but uh, you ever, you've heard the song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Um, Hugh yeah. Martin wrote this uh, fairly sad song for the film Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh, Judy Garland sings it in uh, into her into her characters, sings it to her character, younger sister, uh, who is saddened by the departure from their village. Originally, the lyrics were substantially darker, with the line "Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last." That's how it was originally penned. Uh, Martin was convinced to make the song more upbeat uh, by one of the film's actors uh, that he would have to o- omit that foreboding phrase, and he ultimately re- replaced that line with "Hang a shining star upon the highest bough," which uh, made made all the difference. Uh, but yeah, some of this stuff. Uh, had kind of dark origins. Uh, the, uh, another example is, uh, is Silent Night. For people who are uh, I- interested, you can take a look at that one and, uh, you know, see that uh, it was uh, politicized and uh, uh, nationalized, that it was a, a source of great debate uh, during the First World War with uh, people on both sides of uh, that, that war uh, claiming it to be their own and ultimately uh, I think they decided that it was somewhat helpful when they agreed that they would uh, share the uh, author credits, and uh, some believe that it even even hastened an end to uh, World War One. So, you know, uh, the, the, we, we talk about the, the recuperative qualities of, of music and what it can do for you, uh, and uh, that's a good example. Greg, I picked this one uh, just for you. Uh, the Little Drummer Boy, and uh, it's got some mighty fancy uh, brushwork, and uh, this again, uh, the Basie Band, so let's give this a listen. Hey. 
Greg, I bet you can appreciate yeah. that. Uh, you are a wonderful oh, yeah, brush was, player yourself. I, I have watched you closely playing the brushes, and uh, man, you're you're a, a wonderfully skilled brush player and drummer in general. Uh, I would love well, to you. be, and uh, I went so far as to buy uh, brushes, and uh, uh, I don't have a snare, but I, I do use the back of a pizza box and get pretty damn good tone, <laughs> I got to say. Uh, yeah. sounds, sounds good in my sounds good in my living room at least. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, technique involved, and, and uh, you can just hear the looseness in his hands. I guess the good players would tell you that's one of the one of the things you want to do, right? Uh, Stir yeah, in the great. soup, my brother used to say. Um, I wanted to read you another uh, little tidbit uh, for a lot of people. A lot of you know, kind of jazz. Uh, I won't say snobs, but, you know, people that kind of uh, call themselves uh, j- jazz uh, experts or whatever, like the Christmas song, uh, the uh, uh, Mel Torme, Mel Torme popularized it. In fact, he wrote it with uh, Bob Wells. Uh, they suffered uh, through it as they wrote it a very hot summer day. Uh, they were trying to cool off. Uh, only took the pair about 40 minutes to finish the texts and music. Uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, etc. Uh, improbable as it may sound, the Christmas song was completed uh, in just a, you know less than an hour. Uh, Torme writes in his memoirs. Uh, they contacted uh, some production people. They got it in front of uh, Nat King Cole and Peggy Lee, uh, and they uh, were were literally competing uh, for for who would record it first. But uh, that's a good one. That is a very good one. And uh, I think Nat uh, King Cole recorded uh, the song first in 46 and, uh, uh, you know, popularized it for many of us, maybe the first place that we heard it. But uh, uh, that's a beauty. We don't have an example of it here today, but uh, I know he's associated uh, Nat King Cole with a lot of the, the big and popular uh, Christmas songs. I know he's done covered them all pretty much, but another guy who, uh, in my estimation, uh, ought to get a little more credit for his uh, Christmas catalog is a fellow from Chicago. Here, you you know Lou Rawls, uh, the late great Lou Rawls. Oh yeah. Uh, he he did a few. Uh, has a Christmas album of his own, which I encourage people to to uh, take a look at and buy up as able. But uh, he did a couple uh, here, and we'll play them today. But uh, this one is called Christmas Is, and uh, I'll give that a spin for you. Merry Christmas, baby. Ah! Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Merry Christmas. 
<laughs> what a set of pipes, Greg, on that guy. My God, oh, yeah. could, he get, could he get down? What a swinging cat. Uh, Chicago guy, a little, little fella, uh, not much, not much taller. I think he was about five six, five seven. But uh, my God, could he belt a tune? He could belt Always a tune. Always one of my favorites, Lou Rawls. Yeah. Yeah, never never got to see him other than on TV, but uh, always always dug his sound, man. Lady Love, he did that. Oh my God, that was <laughs> such a good one too. But uh, yeah, I discovered a couple of his Christmas songs, and uh, that one that one really caught my ear for sure. I uh, understand you've got uh, a little something about uh, Nat King Cole on your mind. Yeah, you know you, you mentioned uh, uh, Nat King Cole. Uh, right now, where I'm sitting. Uh, Max King Cole used to live two streets over. Is, from yeah, two three is streets that over right? From where I'm sitting. Yeah. And uh, it That's belongs to uh, First Baptist Church and his brother, Ike Cole. Uh, they call him Fat Cole. Uh, he lived <laughs> right on uh, maybe five streets over, but where I used to live uh, before I moved to where I am now, where I grew up. Uh, he lived right down the alley, and uh, a club that I used to play when I was a kid with my dad called the Elks Club, he lived right next uh-huh. to that, and he, he used to play there sometimes. So uh, my grandmother there. was very involved with uh, Nat King Cole and his family. As a matter of fact, when he passed away, there was a, a big picture, an article in, in, in Ebony Magazine, and my grandmother was in the picture. And uh, so the uh, Cole family spent a lot of time here. And uh, Freddie Cole, he didn't live here, but he would come here and visit and uh, visit his brother. And I remember one time uh, that Freddie Cole was in town and my dad was playing. We were all playing. And my dad didn't know the the changes to a particular song on the bridge part. He didn't know the changes. Uh I walked down the alley and sat down and asked, uh, I said, Freddie, tell, tell me the changes on the bridge to this particular song. <laughs> so uh, we were all pretty close. And, uh, oh, that's you know, so uh, cool. Uh, but that was uh, obviously, of course, before Nat King Cole made it big. But it was a big deal. They're, they're all from, oh. from here. His kids, uh, 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 the cousins and nephews. They all still live live in the area, and uh, one of Ike's sons uh, lives here, still lives here. So uh, yeah, that's, that that's is pretty, so cool. Yeah, uh, he, listen, there must be something in the water around there, Greg. Uh, brings brings the greatness out of people or something. I'll tell you. Yeah, it's good you remember those those things because uh, you know a lot of people they, they they can't remember stuff like that, and that's. Older I get, that's that's where the that's where the, the the joy is, you know, and recalling those things and helping your dad out of a bind and marching down there and getting getting the information he needed and uh, you know helping to bring a tune together is what you did, which is which is good on you, man, good on you. Uh, so yeah, hey, thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. Oh, yeah, for a lot of people, you know, Nat King Cole is the is the voice of the holidays. I guess you could say it's it's him and Torme and maybe Bing Bing Crosby. Uh, I guess I'd name those three at least among the men, uh, the gentlemen crooners, um, and uh, and that's okay. Those are those are three pretty pretty good places to start. I, I imagine. Uh, do, do you have Greg? Do you have a favorite uh, Christmas song by by the way? Uh, one of my favorites, uh, you had just mentioned you didn't have it, but uh, I think the ver- version of the Christmas song by yep. Nat King Cole is, is just terrific. That's the best. It brings tears to my yep. eyes every time I hear it. Uh, you yeah, and me both. It brings back man, a lot of You and me both. Just felt uh, heart. I mean, he just sings it with such effortless passion and there's this his voice is so at ease and it just seems to to gush from him i mean the emotion you can you can just feel how genuine it is and uh yeah i guess a good tune 
uh, can help bring that out of the singer and uh, vice versa, right? I mean, it cuts both ways, but uh, boy, to think that that came together on a on a hot day in Texas or somewhere uh, in 40 minutes is just uh, it's just hard to hard to even believe. But uh, as the story goes, that's uh, that's the, that's the the, the 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 way they report on it. Uh, this uh, article, I tell you, I, I gotta, I gotta keep reading here. I want to tell you one more little, little quick story, and then we'll play another for folks. But, um, you know, it's, it's just each, each one I read, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, you know the tune, uh, "Here Comes Santa Claus." Yeah, here comes Santa mm-hmm. Claus. Uh, written by, you may or may not know this, uh, Gene, Gene Autry, uh, writing yeah, down. Yeah, he 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 came up with it as he was uh, riding uh, uh, his horse, as as it turns out, down Hollywood Boulevard for the annual Christmas parade. When he was inspired to create the song after hearing the masses of youngsters uh, excitedly crying, "Here comes Santa Claus!" they were they were exclaiming, and and it just made a mark on him. And the uh, minute he got through with the parade, he he rushed, uh, got a lead, got a lead sheet, and copied it down as best he could. And uh, before you knew it, they they were they were behind the microphone, and they were. Uh, you know, cutting a rough track of it, but uh, inspiration can come from all all kinds of different places. But uh, you know, he heard or picked up a, uh, you know, uh, the the sound of a bunch of kids calling to him, and and it just inspired him to to put that together. And uh, you know, that's that's why you got to keep your ears and heart open, I suppose, right? Right. Did, uh, did you I ever never knew, knew that? You never knew that. You probably knew the Gene Autry part. I think I may have heard that, but uh, I didn't know what he was doing and where the where the uh, where the fire for it came from. But uh, as the story right. goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know the uh, song, but have, I didn't know the story. Uh-huh. Have you ever mm-hmm. had occasion uh, yet, or have you worked with uh, Ellis Marsalis or Plaz Johnson, uh, Greg, in your travels? I played with uh, Ellis Marsalis. Uh, not uh-huh. Plaz Johnson. I played with uh, Ellis Marcellus uh, at the Jazz Showcase. Uh, did you? Did you? On a, on a few days, yeah. Yeah, I well, sure did. Well, he sure is a wonderful player, and uh, you'll hear evidence of that on the next one we'd, we'd like to spend. But uh, a part of uh, the greatness of that tune is the uh, uh, sax player, Plaz Johnson, which he's, he has heard here. Uh, so give this, a, give this a listen, won't you?
<laughs> well, well, well. You know what I think I like about that bassy sound, uh, Greg, is is the the reeds to brass ratio. Uh, just it, it it touches me. It's uh, just just the right the right ratio of both. Uh, and uh, those horn pops. Oh my God! Whoever's arranging uh, that stuff. Uh, I think this recording happened after uh, Count Basie's death. So somebody else has been running that band for probably a pretty long time, but uh, God, they're getting a lot of stuff right. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? No. Uh, yes. Swinging, swinging, swinging hard. Swinging, baby. Swinging. If you, if that don't touch you, uh, you, you probably ought to make an appointment to see your, uh, uh, neur- neur- neurologist, because <laughs> that, yeah. that ought to, that ought yeah. to make your toe uh, quiver, man. I'm telling you, it's done. It's uh, some sort of a connection that ain't working right. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a beauty, and some wonderful horn work uh, in that song uh, on on full display. Greg, do you uh, do you? Uh, I, I, I'm thinking back to the trauma of my mixed feelings about the whole Santa Claus situation, um, you know, uh, it, it, on one hand, you know, I'm really glad my parents played, played the game with me, but uh, it, it's probably the biggest, biggest lie they, they ever told us. Right. Uh, I, I remember um, when I got the news uh, about Santa Claus, you know, being them, um, they figured, well, okay, let's just, let's just go ahead and, get them all on the table and we'll, we'll be done with it. So one afternoon uh, they sat me down and they said, um, I think you have your suspicions. You're a smart young man. Uh, but you know, Santa Claus is really us. We, we're the ones that are behind it. We've been, you know, perpetuating this big, great big lie for, you know, since you were, you know, old enough to know better. And furthermore, uh, that, this applies to the Easter Bunny and uh, the the Tooth Fairy, and uh, I think that's where they stopped. They 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 just gave them all to me at one time, and and I, it set me into a real dither. Uh, I've had some trust issues for a while, and uh, I think I burst out <laughs> tear, burst out in tears, which you know wouldn't have been. I guess that's a normal reaction, but I was 18. You know, that was the only thing that was kind of embarrassing about the whole situation is that <laughs> I was a believer for I was old enough to vote and I still believed in the Easter Bunny. Not really, not really, but uh, it's the uh, old Santa Claus. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, I tell you, we still uh, watch the the, the kids uh, cartoons. You know, we've got a couple of a couple of kids here, and every year we had to sit down and watch Charlie Brown and Rudolph and. Frosty and all of those, and I guess it makes us feel a little less old when we when we still watch them. And uh, we we'd, we'd love grandkids at some point. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but uh, yeah, it's part of a it's part of the, uh, the 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 tradition of things is to you know do these things as goofy as some of them are. They they are our traditions, and without them, what else do we have? You know, I mean, everything else is just such that's a true. scram such a scramble. It's nice yeah. to be able to. Kind of get your teeth into a few things and count on them and uh, and and enjoy them, wallow in them, and uh, you know as as uh, uh, sentimental and uh, forced at times they can they can seem. Um, it 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 it's it's a, it's a good and right thing to do. Uh, hey, one more, Greg, by uh, by Lou Rawls that I think people will enjoy, and then. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna coming out of that we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, some of our recurring segments of uh, the jazz flashback and uh, listener mailbag and uh, that coming right up. But let's hear one from uh, from the great late Lou Rawls. Sure did treat me nice Yes, you did now 
Gave me a diamond ring for Christmas Now I'm living in paradise Well, I'm feeling mighty fine Got me some good music on my radio I said I'm feeling mighty fine Got me some good music on my radio from our sponsors. Stay tuned. If you dig what you're hearing, friends, why not pick up some Jazz Mill and Soul Message Band merchandise? High-quality mugs and tees that are certain to make you the happiest cat around. Just take out your phone, ease on over to thejazzmill.net, click on the swag tab, and get your order down. It's quick, it's simple, it's safe, and your satisfaction is 100%. Guarantee. For some sales, help jazz musicians against cancer the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America and the ASPCA. Welcome back for more great music and lively discussion on the Jazz Mill with your host, Scott Henderson. Well, welcome back in, friends. Uh, time again for the jazz, fl- jazz Flashback with our co-host, Greg Rockingham. Greg, what do you got in the bag for us today, my friend? Okay. Um, way back in 1939, uh, Jelly Roll Morton recorded uh, oh, yeah. King Porter Stout. And um, mm-hmm. trumpeter Clark Terry, who was... Uh, one of my favorites, one of my favorites, was born on this day in 1920 in St. Louis, Missouri. Is and, that right? Uh, yes, yes, he was. And saxophonist uh, Bud Johnson and oh, also yeah. the great C- Cecil Payne was born in, on this day in 1922 in Brooklyn, New York. And there you have I'll be done. this day yeah. in jazz history. Yeah. On this day, um, it, 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 great to to hear um, those names. You know, it's just uh, amazing for those that love this genre. Uh, you realize just how many people have have come before uh, this this current generation of players. And uh, I think it was. Uh, Scott Yanow that made the point. He was talking, uh, Greg, do you remember about Elijah Wood, a uh, friend of this show? Both of them are, in fact. And he, uh, we both uh, suppose that Elijah ought to have a, you know, a giant career. And, he, you know, he had all the tools that a Michael Buble and a Harry Connick Jr. have, and he just needed a, needed a chance. And uh, Scott Yanow mentioned that uh, he will probably have that chance. He says, you know, these guys can't sing and play forever. And, uh, you know, people come and go, uh, and, and that leaves room for, you know, somebody who is making good music. And uh, we certainly share a, an affection for Elijah and think that he ought to have a big, uh, a big, a big platform. And uh, 
He will be joining us again. We get a lot of uh, um, uh, requests. I mean, we've only had uh, less than 20 shows uh, so far, Greg, but uh, there are already a few uh, guests that are coming up uh, time and time again from our listener mailbag. And uh, Elijah's one, uh, John Armato's another, Scott Yano's uh, two-part appearances were were very popular. Uh, Marilyn Scott was uh, loved by many. And, uh, you know, Brett, uh, Brent Fisher seems to be the, the leader of the pack. He, he uh, has, has gotten uh, the lion's share of the listens, and uh, people just love the, the story uh, aspect of what he brought to our discussion, uh, followed closely by, uh, in terms of just pure listener uh, downloads, uh, listens, so to speak, uh, Nina Freelon uh, has, has lots and lots of listens as well. And she will be uh, joining us uh, for on the 22nd. I want to get this in, Greg, before I forget it. She'll be joining us on the 22nd uh, for us uh, for us to air a playing of her Christmas record, and uh, and then we will do the same thing on the 21st with John Beasley, who is uh, another good friend of this show and a guy that uh, has you know won won a Grammy and uh, he has a great. Christmas record, which I'll encourage people to get over and buy, called Holidays. It's H-O-L-I-D-A-Z-E. Cute and clever, and he does uh, some mighty good work. Picked a lot of really good tunes. uh, With one uh, notable uh, song that I had my suspicions about, I've always uh, not cared much for the 12 days of Christmas. It just seems uh, tedious to me, Greg. Uh, over and over, round and round it goes, and it's just hard to make much fun of it and does not really, I thought, before I heard his version, doesn't really lend itself uh, to a lot of improvisation. It just kind of goes in a circle, uh, but he found a way to make it interesting. God bless him. That's a, that's a, that's a rare talent to be able to put something like that together, but uh so folks will want to tune in. The 21st, John Beasley, 22nd, uh, Nina Freelon uh, will be playing uh, in, in entirety. We've been interrupting the flow of songs a little bit, Greg and I have today, but uh, on those two dates, we will uh, introduce the artists. They'll be on with us for the first bit of the show. And then we will play their record through, right on through without interruption, and then I might have a word or two at the end. Uh, just because that's how I am, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's the plan for uh, for the holidays, uh, Greg. Some people uh, checking in via the mailbag. We have a request for uh, some of the stuff from the Vince uh, Garaldi record that that, that plays on uh, plays behind the Peanuts cartoon, which I know you're you're familiar with, uh, and we'll find a way to wiggle that into uh, one of the shows here coming up, but. Uh, I wouldn't want to let a mailbag get away without uh, at least attempting uh, another impression because I feel like I kind of let myself and let you and let our listeners down last week. I didn't, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't do much with Sergeant Joe Friday. So I'm hoping I can rebound this week. And I've got another another one that's been in the cooker for a while. Would you like to to hear it, uh, Greg? I am waiting. Waiting to hear this. <laughs> well, let me set it up because uh, you were, you know, Ed McMahon. He used to introduce uh, Johnny Carson, yeah. uh, and he would say, "Here's Johnny," and he'd, they'd throw back the curtain, yeah. and Johnny would come out and he'd entertain us, and then he'd go sit at his desk. But uh, Ed had a dog, and you know what they say? Uh, as a dog lover, you'll understand this. Dogs can sometimes assume the characteristics of their ownership and you know one can start looking like the other and vice versa uh you know depending on what kind of dog you had but but ed mcmahon had one dog that was particularly smart it was a uh some kind of a shetland something or other you know one of those kind of uh, little collie they they use them for herding sheep and stuff but one of the smart ones one of the really smart breeds and this particular dog uh, was alleged to have a unique uh, bark, and in the style, it is said of, of uh, Ed, Ed McMahon, and, and it used to, uh, and, and it sounded like this. And here, here comes the here comes the impression of Bob. Okay. Uh, his dog would go like this. Bow wow wow. 
could get in, get his foot in the door. Well, uh, we'll yes. definitely keep trying to make that happen. But I tell you, you know, one of the things, uh, a real quick, uh, Scott, that I, I was at fault at doing this when uh, I was younger. Uh, people would say, are you playing tonight? Uh, where are you playing or whatever next few days? Or, oh, you're not playing tonight. And then you'd say, oh, you know, I took a night off. Uh, I had some things to do. No, no, no. You didn't take the night off. You didn't have a gig. And it's okay to say that. So That's right. I'm leading That's up right. to say this, that uh, I was on a road with, uh, of all uh, orchestras, uh, the Guy Lombardo Orchestra. And, oh, uh, sure. Yep. We played other big band. There was a, a set that we played, uh, the music of other big bands. And I, I must admit, that's what kept me going in, in that band, that, that particular set. But uh, I used to fly out of town for the 13 years uh, uh, playing with, you know, New Year's Eve with the Guy Lombardo Orchestra. And then, sure. of course, my group, my group, uh, every New Year's Eve. And after wow. a certain age, I decided, especially to today, you know, I decided I don't want to play New Year's Eve anymore. I want to sit home with my family and be safe and let everybody else go out and have uh, have their fun or whatever they're going to do on the road. Yes. So uh, yes. after that job at Winners, of course, we're not going to play Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but it's nice not to work on New Year's Eve. And not that I have anything against that. And, and people that are playing that that do it and have to put food on a table by all means that's uh that's one of the uh better paying nights or it should be new year's eve but uh not for me anymore uh of course i will take something that you can't turn down but basically uh i enjoy being home uh, with my wife and and family and and sit and relax and be safe during new year's eve so uh, that's pretty much my schedule for that. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, I totally respect that, Greg. I mean, uh, my God, you've had, uh, as I understand your schedule, uh, I couldn't keep up with you um, just as I understand it now. And I know you've been even busier at other points in your career, uh, a very sought after player uh, and, and should be, should be busy and uh, glad that you're, you know, uh, understanding you know the important things are, are family and friends and and uh, freedom to do the things that, that that you you know also love to do it doesn't have to be just about making money and you know all that stuff it's it's nice but at the end of the day we don't take it with us and uh you know when you have uh, other interests uh fishing RVing, um you know tennis golf whatever it is that uh, keeps you sane. You should you should certainly budget time for for just that. Uh, this uh, this Christmas uh, event that you mentioned, Greg, uh, at uh, forty one fourteen. I'm going to try to bring Mrs. Henderson out. If you'll have me, if I promise not to do any invitations at any point in the evening, would it be okay if we pop by? Uh, you know, that's a thing, Scott. You know, you you have to do that, Ed McMahon. Uh, his dog. You have to do that, or I'm going to instruct him not to let you in the club. So that will be that will be your cover charge. Cover charge? Uh, that's the cover charge. Uh, you must come in and do that at McMahon. So that's it. And I'm also, give you, you know, I forgot to mention. I, yeah. I, I forgot to mention uh, the band, the great Chris Foreman and and Lee Rothenberg uh, will be. Uh, on this show right here on the 28th of uh, December. So too, I forgot about that. Can't too. leave that out. No, sir. And on the 28th, we're going to, you guys are going to fall in love with this band. I have, uh, it didn't take me, but about half a song. Uh, Greg and I met, uh, some of you know this story, but we met at a dog park, started up a simple, you know, uh, uh, small talk conversation. And one thing led to another. Before you knew it, I was telling him about, you know, the kind of jazz I liked. And I saw Greg's eyes light up. And 
he told me, you know, who he was. And I was like, you know, kind of half starstruck. And uh, we, you know, we went our separate ways and I pulled into a BP station to uh, get some gas. And right behind me was, was Greg Rockwell. And uh, he had a CD and a card for me. And uh, he had, he had, he had chased us. You call me Rockwell, Rockingham. Forgive me. Uh, forgive me, but it was it was quick, man. It was just like uh, it was meant to be, and uh, we we kind of knew it when we when we got to talking, and, and it wasn't just uh, about our dogs, you know. It was about substantive stuff, uh, music. Most important thing. One of the most important things to me is uh, is good quality music. And boy, I'd, I'd tell you, Greg's uh, Greg's band. Uh, you're gonna love Chris and uh, and Lee, who I don't pretend to know like Greg, but. Uh, I, I suspect that, uh, you know, we tend to work with people that are, that are kind of like us, uh, Greg, I, I bet you'd agree with that. <clears throat> so I, my suspicion yeah. is that they're really good guys. And, uh, you've been partners with, with Chris in one way, shape or form for 25 plus years. So that tells me you guys are, uh, you know, uh, comparable in, in a lot of your beliefs and both wonderful players. So we're going to get to know everybody in the soul message band on the 28th and uh, we'll play lots of their music and uh, uh, I'm going to make fans out of you folks if you're not already and you don't have to wait till the 28th to buy up their their good works they're available uh, on iTunes and Greg what's your website where can they pick up some CDs uh, website is uh, soul message band www.soulmessageband.com at yahoo.com yep you'll find uh several cds and uh previous to uh the soul message band they were uh, known as the deep blue organ trio and uh, uh it was greg and um uh, uh chris and another guitarist and i think uh uh the uh, uh, horn player might have might have been the same in both bands if i have it right uh, greg but uh also wonderful music so uh, it, it's it's uh, something you guys should take a look at. I, I heartily recommend it. And uh, wonderful stocking stuffers if you haven't got uh, all your shopping done. Uh, Greg, I, I thank you, my friend, for everything. And I uh, uh, hope to see you on Saturday night. And uh, I'll I'll try to bring my A game and not embarrass you. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, folks, you're you're uh, guaranteed to... to see us if you do that uh, Ed McMahon dog. <laughs> then right, you're man. I can't wait to say what I'm coming to do, Greg. I'm going to give you 24 hours to change your mind. And if you still want me to do that, you'll have to send me a little text. Just give me a thumbs up if you want me to really do it, because uh, you know I will. Susan, Susan yeah. Kidd, she says, the, she says, there ain't a bashful boat in your body, is there? I said, probably not. She goes, the most dangerous place in our house is between the microphone on your desk and, uh, and, 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 and you. <laughs> so she's, she's probably right. I got I got yeah. uh, got a lot of ham in me, so to speak. But uh, again, just to reiterate, the uh, show on the 21st will feature will feature John Beasley's uh, Christmas record, and then on the 22nd we've got Nina Freeland teed up uh, again. Both uh, both of those shows at three o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. So uh, tune into those, and remember, folks, uh, good jazz can heal the wounds that medicine can't begin to touch. Much love. We're going to play one more here on our way out, uh, Greg. This is uh, Marilyn Scott, who was on two weeks ago, and uh, someone had asked for some stuff from the Vince Giraldi uh, collection, and here's here's one to accommodate that. Happiness and cheer. 
Christmas time. 